Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. It's of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on a beautiful Sydney Portier afternoon, 21st of June. We are basically back to normal in terms of the NRL. It feels like we never really had a break. We have got a bumper afternoon in store in terms of footy that's in front of us. Sharks, Bulldogs, which is a dour affair, most likely to be. Two teams playing for their uh, for their seasons, coaches' careers. Raiders, Sea Eagles, which is the the second best game of the round, I think we've got lined up for us. But as always, coming to us live from Melbourne, Victoria, one test thunderino and controversial uh, one time, or maybe many times, member uh, Hong Kong Rugby League board member. Why did you actually? How was that controversial? <laughs> I felt like there was there was a time that you know. Early doors legal counsel, and I'd be firing it out to people on the Hong Kong board. And a couple of people said, "Don't include me on this rubbish." When it was raw, really? when Elsie, really? Neville, 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 <laughs> he would have just retained the purse. He's a good Bradford boy. Does Neville listen? Hey, Does... yeah, he would do, but he just thinks he just thinks Kiwis are mad. Like his favourite Kiwis, obviously Robbie Paul. Oh. Leslie Vinicolo, because he's a big Bradford Bulls man. He loves his uh, chips and gravy at Odsall. Mm. Chips and gravy. Let's just start there. Ch- I haven't really ever been a chips and gravy man until, I want to say, 18 months to two years ago when um, Australia, Sydney, the world's most underrated takeaway joint, Agalo, um, a guy, a co-worker of mine, um, just bought out the gravy and chips, and if you get that chicken yeah, salt right yeah. first, and then gravy over the top, there's just nothing better. Are you a gravy and chips man? Uh, yeah, I am. I don't have it much because it's just not really culturally what you have. But it, but I'm was it a pom that actually got the yeah, gravy? Absolutely. Shout out to um, shout out to Rich McCrum. His uncle is actually was involved in St Helens, maybe. Yeah, uh, oh, McMahon, McMahon. Yeah, yeah, quite. Uh, and he dogged us last night, actually. Uh, what else were we going to say about that? Oh, yeah, but isn't Ogalo's Portuguese? When was gr- chips and... I've actually never been to Portugal, but was chips and gravy in Portuguese, especially? Well, you know anything. Anything gets Englishified or Saxified, Saxonified, or, you know... Um, right. the, the culture gets stripped out of a takeaway joint and installed... I mean, you only have to go to a curry house in the UK. I mean, UK, the British people are just so drawn to shit food as in shit for you food that they yeah. kind of take over and make it their own and you know i guess their gift to the culinary world is fish and chips and god bless them for that yeah but you know it seems to be like every mainstream sort of 
takeaway joints, somehow has just a little bit of English creeps in there, doesn't it? And I guess that's where the gravy comes into Higalo. Um, certainly well, not your, complaining. Your fish and chip shop at, uh, when you're a kid, Theo's? Theo's? Theo's, yes, that was my local. Yeah, okay. And did you ever get one of those jam wraps? I don't think by choice. Now, yeah. I, I, no, I don't. And I remember that, um, I remember seeing a poster. Yeah, with that. Theo's, and it said, <laughs> like, jam wraps are here. Like, as it in, like, like, it was an announcement. It was like a hip hop sort of bloke on the, yeah. playing with the jam rap rap. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually spoke to a Kiwi bloke on Friday at lunch, and he was saying how he went to university in, in Christchurch, and he was, went to Canterbury Uni. Blah, blah. This is our small New Zealanders. And he's yeah. like, oh, fuck, I just killed for some New Zealand fish and chips. There's a great one in Christchurch. And I just go, big Gary's. He's like, yeah, that's it. How do you know? I go, I fucking own home of fish and chips. Did yeah. you ever order a silverfish? And he's like, what? It's like, a silverfish. And he's like, oh, apparently, because he cottoned onto it. He goes, oh, is that, is that the weed? And I was like, yeah, if you actually ordered a silverfish, you got yourself a little tinny, little tin foil wrap of weed. Um, yeah. Exquisite. Um, little uh, hooked in Hong Kong did good fish and chips. They were sponsors of the Hong Kong Rugby League Nines. Mm. They were actually good fish and chips, taste like New Zealand fish and chips, but they were like six times more expensive. Oof. Um, yeah, fish and chips on the right time, the right day is very hard to beat. Good RTS sauce, man. No, because I never really. Cause Allergic to allergic to seafood. Um, so I never, hang on, you you're allergic to seafood, so but you still eat fish and chips. Yeah, well, I just get like say when I was young, I'd get two hot dogs. Oh yeah, quote. There's or one with like around it, or and then like red sausage in the middle. Yeah. Or I'd get like just a couple of potato fritters in a sausage, um, pineapple yeah. fritters with, with, with no one to um, come into my repertoire. I never complained. Like I was more than happy to eat fish and chips, but tartare or a thousand island sauce. In yeah. fact, I've I've probably had. I can't yeah. actually remember trying tartare sauce. I've never had the, um, the need. Have I? If you're not oh, eating seafood, yeah, quite. If you're not eating, you wouldn't get into it. But I was actually thinking about that the other day. You know, why didn't New Zealand fish and chip shops start? You know, on their big boards, put lasagna toppers. They could have fried those up awesomely and just thrown it in the, in the package. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fuck. They could help reach those things. It's amazing the immigrant um, population to New Zealand. So many of them found the fish and chip shops, and a very diverse cultural group. Like lots of Chinese people ended up in fish and chippers, but Theo's was Greek, um, my local, um, and it sort of was one of those you know businesses, I guess, in the sixties, where people said, "Oh, I'll give this a go." Pretty low. Low barriers to entry, isn't it? Like, I knew a guy that opened one up in Sydney. And I go, how do you learn how to cook fish and chips? He goes, YouTube. Quite. Well, it's not. It's like a big uh, cage, isn't it? You throw it in there, fry yeah. it, pull it. It's all about this type of oil. Quite. Your sunflowers, your canolas. Um, all it, has that get, it has to get the right mix to get the right boil temperature. Yeah, yeah. you're right. The yeah. Sort of that. Um, fucking hell. What a big week of rugby league. I it's feel like... Big, yeah, there's a lot to get cover, isn't there? There's a lot to get through. There's a lot ahead of us today. There'll be more stories by the end of the day. There could be this, There could be some coach controversy. Depends on how that Sharks-Bulldogs game goes. 
I mean, that Knights Broncos game seems like a lifetime ago, and that was not flash. I mean, do we need to do we need to keep going there with the with the Broncos? Like, is there anything else to say that we hadn't said last week? The the only thing I was going to suggest is Bad. Anthony Milford. I just, if you look at the scrutiny and the and the like, Ben Hunt gets a lot of shit, but Milford is so much worse, so much more unreliable and has never really fired consistently other than maybe 2015. Yeah. Um, what yeah. has he ever done and how long does his contract go for? The The Broncos have just got to go, right, Anthony Milford, you're gone. Like, there's just, we're not going anywhere with you, Anthony Milford. Um, he's half of the problem for me. Yeah, and obviously Seabold. So we won't cover that too much other than to say, I guess they've got the Titans next week, which is going to be a beauty. It's a get right game, isn't it? I, I was talking yeah. to a guy that lives next to me, big, big fan of the show. Um, Scott, big George, George Dingle, both Broncos fans, and oh, just yeah. saying how how weak, like how weak the Broncos are. Their ticket, they're just like they they get knocked over a couple of times. Their heads go down. Real under twelve stuff. Yeah, um, there's just there's just no sense of digging in there. Um, you you your Peter Ryan's and your John Plaths and your um, Gilmister's, Mark Hones, Gavin Allen's be fucking turning in their grave, wouldn't they? Yeah, but they'll never be So we don't really need to go there with the Broncos. I just really wanted to cover off the, the, the Milford factor because he, he was... The Knights, right. we can't really see if they're good against the Broncos. I mean, they're a decent... They're well-coached side. I really Very like well-coached. They're doing what they had to do. Like It was pretty. It was actually a pretty impressive performance. I think Kurt Mann's going okay. Hmm. Here's the boy from Winton. I mean, is he a bolt of uh, state football? <laughs> no. Nah, maybe, yeah. Well, who's the who are the halves of Queen? Oh, we got DC and Munster. So we're still, I mean, Queensland should still put out a decent team. I don't know. We don't want to talk about that, do we? Well, it depends, right? Because if you go, if they go, did Fafita play last year? Yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they get yeah. some of those, they get some of those big name young forwards and amongst a few other, like, more, you know, a better environment. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the cakewalk that some New South Wales fans think it's going to be. Does um, Reed Marty flip straight into WHF? I think he does. Does Reed Marty Queenslander? Yeah. Last night. So let's just go there because there's there's plenty of there's plenty of topics. But that was that was finals football. Finals football came early round six. Um, I'll let you kick off, mate. Just just go through the motions with me. You were obviously out on the piss. First time out in a pub for a while. Just set the scene and and talk me through your, your thoughts uh, on the game. First time in a pub. Asked the fucking manager. Well, they had the sort of the, the waitresses. I said, "Can I talk to your manager?" Because they had the VFL on. I said, "Can you put the can you put the league on, mate?" So he went upstairs. Fucking took ages. And then he goes, "Oh, I've been informed by my manager that the VFL takes top priority." And I was like, "Fuck, mate! We uh, there's no one here. They had like Brisbane versus uh, Perth. I was like, who is watching this? No one on the, but they just wouldn't budge. So anyway, watch it on my phone for a bit. But honestly, couldn't really watch it probably. So I watched it this morning on uh, uh, Ko Mini. Um, just and loved going watching it while seeing people's messages. During the, it's really good seeing message like the what because on my phone I didn't really look at my phone. So about." There was league forms with massive amounts of messages. So just just went through 
looking at them and seeing like the the change of you know there's always there's so many eels detractors out there there's eels detractors that just well, even if they won the premiership they'll say that they fucking fluked it or it was not, oh, not I'm, I'm i'm i am driving that train i'm skipping that train i'm putting coal on the fire that is me i'm a, i am an eels detractor You've, you've changed your tune a little bit from well, last I, night. You get through your opinions on the game first, so I'm yeah. very keen to hear what but you say. Basically, I mean, I would sum it up in... I thought Jennings was brilliant. I mm. thought the fuck... The Morris boys, like... Oh. If you're a Shark supporter, fuck, yeah. you'd, feel, you'd, feel, you'd feel like we felt when you went to the Bulldogs and you started carving up. Like, fuck it. He's just going so good. When they put a Roosters jersey on, they just... I don't know, you just... Do they feel invincible or something? Um, yeah, just oh, Parramatta. Look, this to to get to get that close to the Roosters, you're a good team. Mm. And I think they're a top four team. I'm a idiot. Mm. Mm. I mean, they the Panthers. The last week when they beat the Panthers, I think you could see oh yeah, good teams win those games, even though they could have lost it. So that was a good sign. And then I think Penrith by by Penrith. Uh, playing uh, Storm the other night, they showed how good they are. So that almost gives the Eels another leg up on how good they are. So, mm. you know, still the Roosters were a better team. And just the way they were able to, as soon as the Eels got in the lead, just turn it on. And as you said, the Australian captain, Boyd Cordner, I think is the second most important position in this country behind the Prime Minister. He was, again, phenomenal. And sometimes I don't think we give him the dues he deserves. Um. Oh, it was. It, I watched it. I watched it live. Um, also watched it on my phone, just with the earphones, just just really in the zone. Um, I missus sort of had the TV at the time, but I was engorged in the game. It's the best game of footy I've seen in, obviously, since the finals last year. Did you not watch Parramatta Penrith last week? Yeah, well, yeah. but this game was better, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've only seen Parramatta. I'll put my hand up and say that. I was blown away by the first 25 minutes. The speed of the Roosters, the, 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 there is the speed of this team when they've, when they've been running up the score in the Broncos, when they were doing what they did to the dogs last week and what they did in the first 25 minutes, which made it even more impressive that the Eels really held them out 6 0, 8 0 half time. The speed that the Broncos, uh, the, the Roosters were playing at, there's, there's no one can hang with that. Like, JWH, who's having a, almost a Morris-like late-season renaissance. Late um, career, so you mean? Yeah. SST, COC Waitakiaho, is, you know, he was, he was injured to start there. He was the best prop in the, in the world last year um, for, for yeah. a long period. Again, he sort of seems to have one or two injury break. He was probably the best player on the field for the first half. And then you've got Crichton, Cordner, Radley. The speed that they were going, I thought Jake Friend was fucking unbelievably good. And that pace that they were doing, and I was like, well, hang on, every other team, they would have had them up 24-26-0. The dominance was there, but the Eels kept on holding them out. Um, yep. So at halftime, I was thinking, shit, actually getting a lot of respect for the Eels. Guys, like Sean Lane looked like he was big, Making huge over the um, gain line meters was real. He's a real handful. Nathan Brown was as close to um, he's Parramatta's best, and he was he was as good. 
as most of the Roosters guys, most of the Roosters forwards I just talked about, he was he was sublime. Um, yeah. And Junior Paulo stepped up. Interesting now that you watch Regan Cat Gillard in a big game like that. He is just a powder puff. You know, he 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 is got gets talked up. That's the thing with the Eels, the media over here. They will get, they just get talked up so much. It's not their fault, but then you, you know, you've got guys like Gutho and Moses and you're probably like, yeah, well, it actually is your fault. You do kind of like, you do roll with it, but the Eels were within, they were within eight and then they scored bang, bang. They were over, yep. um, they were, you had Sivo out wide. I'm like, fuck. So the, the Roosters have thrown what they threw at them. Yeah. And they are now leading. Tedesco goes off the field and I'm like, fuck me. Like, this is a real football side. Yeah, Jenkins. the Eels can fight. Fucking hell. Jennings. Sorry, not Jenkins. Jennings, yeah. the 13th man to score 150 tries, um, wow. schooled Joey Manu twice that led to tries, which was yeah. a real bath for Manu. Um, and, and we've been his biggest fans, but he needs to stand up and, you know, take a little bit of responsibility. He got shat on by a 33-year-old. As you said, the Morrises, like, it's enough about the Sharks, but what about the Dogs? Like, that last year or two, like it, you, you, you wrote the Morrises off to some degree, didn't you? Like they were not showing anywhere near this. Like Josh Morris is as good as any centre in the comp right now. Yeah, but to be fair, yeah, agreed. And, and fuck, and but Brett Morris was unlucky not to get Churchill uh, last year. To be honest, in mm. that grand final, mm. I watched the replay earlier in the year, and just. Every ball that went up, there were good kicks from Caesar and uh, Whiten. He went up and took all of them. One of those mistakes, if he dropped any or made a mistake on any of those, they could have lost the grand final. So, yeah, actually, last night he took a couple of rippers. I'm like, that's a part of Brett Morris's game. I don't think I've ever really appreciated. But he looked fast. That try, he looked fast, strong. The body position, like he's as good a finisher as anyone else in the comp. And Daniel Tupo. After that one horror year, I think it was 2017, when he got dropped for a bit, and you were thinking his career's over, he yep. has been outstanding. Like, just, just, I mean, he should probably make New South Wales. He did last year, didn't he? Uh, did he? He made Toma. Did they bring him back last year? Uh, I can't remember, actually. I vaguely think he might have. Um, and so, I'm thinking, fuck, okay, 10 minutes in second half, this is, this is unbelievable. The Eels yep. have turned the tide. In a, in a classic withstand the heat. And then Kerry takes the ball to the line, gets Corden. Like the, the angles that Corden and Crichton were running, that they don't have a weakness in the across the park. They don't have a weakness in the 23. They've got five guys that aren't even making their 17 that, that are just genuine good first grade players. And, you know, the speed and the execution, and they wore them down and wore them down, and they end up winning 2014. It made me think it's. It's the best side of the last 10 years. Yep. It could be the best football side I've seen. You know, I, I think some of those Storm, you know, 09 Storm, they got 08. stripped. Um, 08 Storm was a very good Storm side that ended up losing to Manly Grand Final. 07 Storm side were brilliant. And, yeah. you know, I'll probably have to go back and, and at risk of making a just a you know, not giving that storm storm regime the respect that they deserve because the teams that they had were, were yeah. unbelievable. Looking back now, but they this roosters, you have to go back thirteen years. We knew that. We we know now. In retrospect, they were cheating the cat. Yep, but I mean, 
No, it is what it is. I'm just saying that there's, oh, I guess what I'm saying, there's, uh, there's something there's in common a, There's here. an asterisk with those teams, I think, that, that that's what you're saying. But this Roosters team, it's, I, I haven't had, obviously we're Warriors supporters, it's a joy to watch. It's like watching the foot, the, the rugby league that they, you know, it's, it's the perfect game, the perfect style of yeah. rugby league. Yeah. Um, my, my last takeaways. Uh, Mitchell Moses is who we have thought he was for the last five, six years. The fact that, the fact that people in powerful rugby league positions, and I've, I've questioned myself a lot, thinking, have I just missed this right? But I've stuck hard to my guns. Like, you're not going anywhere with Mitchell Moses as your seven. You know, the, the, the ironic thing about the Eels is they're actually a number seven away from being unbelievable and that doesn't have to be like a, a better like it can be just more of a steady player look at Flanagan you know I wonder if you swap the sevens over if Flanagan yeah. came to the Eels what that would do to them like my, uh, Moses was awful yesterday but the biggest shock for me was I had a real good look at Dylan Brown last night and oh, he is a, fucking awesome yeah he's good I mean last year I watched him quite closely and I wasn't very impressed I was sort of like he doesn't get him. Neither. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't get himself involved much, etc. But he was just finding his feet in uh, in uh, first grade. But this year he's been awesome. He's got a bit of reggae about him when he gets the feet moving. Uh, yeah, I think Brad Arthur. His defence, and he chased down. Um, he made a couple of big covering tackles coming from behind. Yeah. Um, his... So you have to say Brad Arthur actually probably managed him into first grade really well, and there. There's a bit of an art to He that, had 12 right? weeks off, though, as well, remember? He had a real bad back injury, didn't he? Like, he yeah. made his first grade debut early, um, and there's huge hype around him. I think the Warriors have already offered him a million-dollar deal. Right. Um, and, you know, then he had 12 weeks out of the game, so he probably didn't ever really get fully healthy last year. But th- this this guy, he's, he's a big body. He's got a big frame. He's going to get bigger. Um, he oh, is the He's the real half. Well, he could be a future Kiwi captain. No doubt. Ah, imagine him standing up uh, in front of the media. I'd be quite proud of it. So, it's, I mean, it's exciting when we talk about the white V, Dylan Brown, the white V. Um, but that, that game last night, well done, Parramatta fans. You've got a real football team on your hand, uh, on your hands. Um, yeah. Exquisite game of rugby league. And if you haven't well, watched it, go watch what, it. What would a, a died of the wall para fan think this morning? Would they be like, Proud? I don't think they'd be proud. No, I'd probably but... think the refs cheated them out of that game or something. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, they, they, that is the first time for a while they think they've got a decent team, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think, I, I think you know, last year and 2017, they had a terrible 2018. But 2017, when they had that late season run, when Moses yeah. came across half, halfway through the season, strung together and actually pushed the storm down in Melbourne. Really close. That's right, yeah, um, yeah. 2018 was a down year. 2019, last year, um, lost again to Melbourne in Melbourne. Um, but they did beat the Broncos by 50 in a, in a finals game. You know, they were getting pretty cocky. But I think this year, they keep that team together. And, you know, no matter what, they're going to be a very, very hard team to beat in the semis. And it's probably now making me think that that four is they're they're in that four and I think maybe Melbourne Melbourne are probably slipping out of the um out of the four best teams of the comp. 
Yeah, Melbourne are in danger, but uh, yeah, look, we still got the still, but we're about to play a bit. Melbourne aren't clicking; they definitely look like they need some lubricant. It's just not quite happening for them. R- Riley Jacks is slow. Oh, he's, he's a bad player. Yeah, he's he's but... a he's a the definition of a replacement level half. Yeah. Um, and the sooner they get Jar Hughes back, who's not a superstar, but he he seems to. Play really well with Munster. Yeah. Um, and I just think Riley Jacks just probably doesn't command the the respect of the, the rest of the Storm team. They know he's been there, done that. Like, he played behind Croft. He's played behind... He's their third stringer. Like, um, I think they know what they've got there. That was an interesting game. I didn't see the Panthers probably... Um, you know, that was a seesaw battle, though, wasn't it? I didn't, I didn't have a huge... I didn't, Not really. Um, Not really. To be honest, Panthers dominated that. Um, and were, were, were very much uh, deserving winners. Um, again, their forward pack is fucking good, man. Like, it just... Mm. It's led by JFH. It really reminds me of those uh, late 80s Rabbitohs forward packs. Just hard. And tell you what, like, Liam Martin's a good player. That very little good. white from uh, Bush. Gee, he just works hard. He's the guy you'd love to coach. Mm. Obviously, JFH Tarmo's going good. Uh, they've got that guy off the bench, uh, not Moses Leota. He just goes hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Zane Tedevano. They're just they're, they're four. I'm really impressed by their four packs. So there, and to be honest, Cleary played really well. Cleary is fucking awesome. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's awesome yet. But he is. He was, yeah, look, he might be, but I just. He's, a, he's an it. out and out half. He he bosses the game around. Speed, great kicking game. Soon, you know, he, there's a field goal. He's pretty much on. He's like the DCE in the clutch department. Yeah, which is what you know. You need those players. Yeah, no, I, only, I, I think Cleary's hitting his straps. What do you think of Jerome Luai's performance? Is 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 that Burton Luai thing going to continue to go through the season? Like, who will they eventually go to Burton? Oh yeah, but I mean it's. I mean, Louis. You can, I mean, Ivan can't get rid of Louis. I mean, he's not playing poorly. No, he's playing that that um, pass. Louis pass that he hit Mansour in the corner early yep. in the game. I mean, he's, yeah, he's 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 a bit understated, Louis. He's better than I think we give him credit for because we. I think Louis to us, we just remember him as a guy that blew the Warriors away mm. in 2018, mm. and we always thought, oh yeah, yeah, but like, anyone could do that. But he's actually a good player. Mm. No, no, it's, it's, I think that could either be the it could be the underlying thing all year, or you know they might put Burton in and he kicks them into another gear. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's not bad to have a molehill, right? It's a good good problem to have. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Um, how do we make the Sinbin in the last five minutes more painful? Like, like the Sinbins have. Um, but you know what? I, I I I think I know where you're going with it. Like what? The Sinbins, bang bang, soon as as soon as the Knights Broncos kick off the start of the round, a terrible Sinbin on a Sarko for Ponga, and another one which is probably worth it, which was Carrigan doing a late hit. They certainly didn't um you know, there were Sinbins galore um throughout the round. I am okay with it. No, but so what I'm no, but what I'm saying is then when you get these bloody Sinbins with a minute to go, right? There's heaps that happen a minute to go because you lie down and the like that Sinbin, you send them off. Like there's not actually that much punishment. So 
I you know see, I mean? because like it's a professional foul that you give away. Sinbin is actually yeah, it's good you're doing it on for your yeah, you know, it's good you want the Sinbin. Do you know what I mean? So I'm so sorry. Some well, do you want the Sinbin? Well, you know, obviously you don't want like you don't want it, but it's better than giving them a quick play the ball. You know, with 50 seconds to go. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so what are you what are you suggesting? But what I'm doing, some idiot suggested that, well, if you get sent off with a minute to go, you should have to do the nine minutes of your next game. <laughs> like, <laughs> the next round. But I was thinking, I don't know, maybe you did it if you got in the last two minutes. you got to send two people off. I don't know. I, I don't what about, solution, what about let's just say, of... there's two minutes to go, right? So after the game finishes, the ref, he goes, I've got eight minutes with you. And he just runs you like Henny Miller's up and down the field, just yes, like yes. non-stop yeah. until basically until they're vomiting, like just end to end to end. Um, so almost like a or a beep test. You got eight minutes, just cone to cone. Yeah, look, I mean, get on at Twitter, our fans, and tell us how you do. Maybe you don't do it. Maybe you ruin the purity of the game. I don't know, but it's just a little bit annoying when someone does a what's the word they call it a professional foul. Yeah, but it was the, the attitude toward it's not conniving. It's just uh, you know, it's there's a word for that sort of attitude. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. Um, okay, let's let's hit it, Kearney to Kearney. Really surprising call yesterday. I had a, probably fifteen different people text me or message me or something. My initial response was, "Oh yeah, okay, like." He's probably not the best coach in the world in a comp. Um, I've always been a bit of a Kearney apologist, mainly because I always have heard the likes of Bellamy, Meninga, Gould, and Bennett just speak so highly of him. And he clearly has respect of the players, like through everywhere he's gone, through Melbourne, through Brisbane, through the Warriors. So I think that counts for a lot. And I'm, I'm probably okay with the call. And this is probably the consistent sort of feedback for, for most people was okay with the call, but the timing is, I think, quite destructive to this season. It says a lot about the management, and hopefully, it only means one thing: the timing. Like you know, they're basically going all in together, right, guys? We're a team. We're bounding together. We're going over to Australia. We can't fly back to New Zealand. We're going into camp, one for all, all for one. I'm with you, you know, almost like a big family. Um. You know, three weeks ago, the Warriors had the highest completion percentage of all time. I oh, know. Had a bad loss to Penrith. Had a really, you know, up and down, but ultimately the, decent The bad loss to Penrith wasn't actually like, we didn't fall, we didn't, we, we didn't, didn't uh, we didn't, yeah, lay down. It wasn't laid down. We hmm. we were unlucky, you know, Bruno got those intercepts yeah, like, and stuff. Things just didn't go our way. It wasn't horrendous. We've got no. eight to ten players of our top 20 out. We've got loan players in. We're living away from home. The Bunnies' performance, you can look at it, but these new rules, you can get beaten by 40 to 12. And, and it's not like it's not a normal 40 to 12. Like the Warriors weren't, there, there were some periods in that game, especially that should have been a penalty try. It could have been 18 12 at half time. And the um, Heku pass that went to fucking. We uh, were so close to scoring a number of times. So the, the timing of getting rid of Cooney after that is a bold statement by new management suggesting that trying to put a marker down to say, look, 
this whole Warriors aura of mediocrity, we're going to stop it. It's it's a it's a big dick move to say, I know what they're trying to do. For me, it's just if you're going to sack Kearney, just go through the season with him. Um, I, sacking a season a coach mid season does nothing for anyone ever. It's never done anything for anyone. Jason Taylor, I think, you know, is the only person on record. You always seem to get a win in the first game. No, you game don't. Back. It's been proven. Don't it's you? been proven wrong. Okay, right. Well, look, I think you've summed it up pretty well there, uh, Rehari. I think Henny said it all to the CRI Supercoach for me. He sort of said, right call, right decision, wrong time. And yeah. that, to me, is sums it up, basically. And, you know, New Zealand media is actually, everyone's getting involved. You will see Sione Fawina, like, doing an emotional plea to Warriors management, just saying this is the dumbest decision he's ever seen. And, John, we've lost John Kerwin as a fan of our club. Really? Yeah, you've said you've lost a fan. The it's it's, it's obviously management. The players oh, apparently devastated. Like come back to New Zealand and spend fourteen days in isolation. Like how shit would that be? Like a death in the family. Warriors players react to Kearney exit. Like they they do love and respect Kearney. So if I'm the management right, the only way I'm doing it, if I'm like going right, I don't like where this is going. I don't think that Kearney's the man to actually motivate this club and get us performing where we need to be. I'm only doing this call if I know that there's a whisper out there, that there's a coach that we believe that is a very, very good coach, and we've got a chance of getting him, but we need to move now. So if they don't go and move and lock in someone who's a significantly better equipped credential coach than Kearney, then it's a massive blight on management. It's a miss. It's, it's, a, it's a bad, bad call. So... If they come out and announce that Craig Fitzgibbon is the coach in six weeks' time, who really is the only coach out there that I would say is worthy of making of dumping Kearney halfway, maybe someone like a Tuvi or a Sean Wayne from Wigan. Just I think Wayne's got that unknown factor, but he's got the ability to potentially bring in British recruits. That those yeah. two potentially I would accept, but if if it's just Todd Payton, who from all reports is really good, um, and I wouldn't mind seeing him get a go, you wait to the end of the season to to fire Kearney and appoint Payton, and if it's Nathan Brown or if it's fucking you know, um, Anthony Griffin or any of those guys that are just out there and that you can have, then well, you wait to sack Kearney at the end of the season. I was thinking though. Maybe the manager, I'm going to just want to put myself in the management's heads. Maybe they thought to themselves, well, hang on, Mary's going to go soon. Uh, exactly. And, and Dean and Pay. They, like, that, that, and that's what I hope it is. Let's get on the phone. Well, if, if we go now, we'll get the coach we want before. Exactly. Because obviously they'll go to those other teams. And, you know, I think the hard thing that this management might find out the hard way is that in the last 24 months, we've thrown money at every big free agent out there and we've gone overs repeatedly. Um, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, even, I, even late last year, like obviously there was TPJ Lodge, Turpin, Fafida before that with Tal Malolo. Um, but, a, but a coach could change that. Yeah. yeah. But it's Melbourne hard to get the coach in the first place. It's hard to sign yeah. people over to Auckland. It's, it's been an issue would for you, a long time. Would you be do it? Two V, I have on good, um, good authority that Two V would jump at the chance. And then would Two V attract? I reckon, I reckon the man. We might be able to get some manly players over. That's great because that culture and that club's awesome. 
um, yeah, it's it's one to wait. I, I hope Todd Payton goes really well. I've always had time for Todd Payton. Um, and apparently, you, like you liked him the way he was. A I loved, I loved him. Be heavy from they say there. Yeah, I, I just loved a big mobile because he started as a prop and moved back. So yeah. I like, you know, often you'll see guys start at lock or back row and move forward into a front row. He was a yeah, front row forward. that moved back into thirteen. Like you don't really yeah. see that that often. Kind of like Adam Blair as well. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't the modern day thirteen. It was still like the ball playing thirteen back then. The ball playing, and he wore bike pants. He was big, mobile, had a pass on him. Always liked his game. Todd Payton won a title in 05. and then coached a couple of titles in under twenties with the Tigers, I think. Um, yes, coached a lot yep. of really good young players. So, yeah, he was really the uh, what's the the talisman, wasn't he, of that Ford pack? Oh, him and Skandalis, I guess. I, I, if I think, I think Galea and I okay, think... And then you had Mark O'Neill. Like Mark O'Neill, Ben Galea, Scandalous. Mark O'Neill, definitely. Um, yeah. Who was the recipient of the Danny Williams punch? It was Mark O'Neill. Mark O'Neill. Yeah. Um, interesting fact, which I just saw recently. Obviously, Nathan Brown played for the Rabbitohs and always found it strange that they, they didn't sign him and keep him. But he actually played for the Tigers. Do you know that? Hang on. What do you say? Nathan Brown, the current Nathan Brown, not the Milky Bay kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for the Tigers and Rabbitohs. Mm. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my business partner actually pitched me an idea midweek, and I was having a beer, and I was... And annoyed. You know when you get fucked off when someone comes up, especially when, when they're... He's not a league man. But he pitched yeah. a great league idea to me, and I was like, fuck, I wish I came up that myself. So yeah, yeah. he's he's got an idea for a show, for a rugby league show. Yeah. And he was like, you know how they do that show? They did that show for a while, The Rookie. Yes. And he's yeah, like, yeah. fuck that. Yeah. Like, The Rookie. Who, well, you know, if they're not going through the systems anyway, they're, they're, they're gone. Yeah, it's like, he, we need yeah. to turn this on its head. And, yeah. and, and the vet... So this is like guys that are like 37, 38, 39, 40, right? Yeah. So I'm, you're thinking George Rose, you're thinking, um, you know, Matt Cooper, you're thinking like guys that are sort of four or five years out of the game. Yeah. And you get the NRL to really... put up guaranteed contract of like four or 500K. So it's really, it's really worth the while. And it makes them go, fuck, I've got to quit my day job and try and get this contract. And you guarantee that it goes through some sort of draft system so that you become a squad member of one of the teams. So you've got all these old guys going through a camp. I reckon make sure that they're, you know, a big brother type situation. So you've got like 20 veterans, like personalities, great, great guys of the game, recently retired. Mundine's cash. Mundine's there. Like Mundine's still. He's so old now, though. He still backs himself, though. <laughs> Monday, you've got a couple of guys like Wiki who you know are still yeah. fit. George yeah. Rose, mainly because you just want to see the transformation. Because he's like, I yeah. he's like on the show crying, go, I'm, I'm 400 <laughs> kgs. I need something to kick my life back in order. Um, a couple of ones from the woodwork, like you know, like your Takeris, and yeah, you know, like, maybe even Wendell Sailor going like maybe an old Union player might try and get in there too or something. Yeah, like, like Matt Rogers Arthur comes Taylor? straight off the set of Survivor. Who? Matt Rogers. 
straight off the set oh, of Survivor. Yeah. Chris yeah. um, Campbell. Chris <laughs> Campbell. Like, how good would this be? Like, Sandor Earl's like the youngest guy in the house. He's just like, I can't, I need to shake this drug stigma. Um, who's that? Who's that ping and dealer? Danny Wicks. Whoa. All right. <laughs> How well, good yeah, would that show be every week? TV. That'd be must see TV. Because actually, Fox League does need some uh, more. Like the, all they've got is the fan, really. That I can really. That's good. The fan. And I found myself in front of the TV a lot late recently, just just through um, through baby number two. And geez, I've been enjoying the fan. I've I've really been. It's just such a treat. Isn't it like just the the love and care that Foz, Vossi takes with the um yeah. with the stories on the show? Um, the, the one show like oh, I don't know maybe good. it's the one show I will never miss. I'll look forward to it on a Tuesday. I'll make sure the kids are in bed. I'll sit down on the couch and look for it on KO and press oh, it and go. It's they really settle in for it. Like just learning a bit more about Sean Timmons the other day. Good good contender for the vet Timmons. Quite busy. And and you know, well, Paul McGregor gets sacked. He's going to need a fucking job, and he might be still quite fit. Um, Timmons is 44, 40, 44, Jeez, is he? Yeah. Wow. Did you see that Timmons <laughs> that Timmons goal? Yeah, they missed, the missed in front. North Sydney Oval versus uh, Illawarra v North ninety eight. I want to say. Um. Missed it, and he said that all three grades that day drew. Yeah, I know. I love that's the beauty that of that. Is uh, like, is that what would you pay to that? What would you pay the odds of that? Are? A million right. to one? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, but I mean, far out. Like, yeah, just those those tidbits are just what the fans are all about. You'll never forget that now. I, I and I also will never forget. Um, what's a packer? Who? What's a packer? Oh, Sigsworth, yeah, quite. Phil Sigsworth, cool. like I didn't really know. Phil Sigsworth played for um, grand final for three different clubs and almost a fourth. Yep. Um, didn't know a lot about Sigsworth, and then I watched that game. It was was it nil all or something? Newtown v Balmain, and it had the worst tackle of all time. Oh, that was a shocker, wasn't it? It was a pole driver. Like the guy no. picked him up and did like literally. A who used to do the pole driver back in the day? How many weeks did he get? <laughs> he only got four. Jesus, it's it's it would get you'd get three years these days for that. Fuck, yeah. it, oh. it's it's a um, <laughs> it was shocking. It was it was something else. It was something else. So midweek Bellamy comes out after that bullshit story from the dogs, and now there's a story today that the dogs want Bennett. It just never ends. Like, fuck me. Just stick with pay. I think pay's fine. Really, That's really, same. really it's like, and it is not pay. The reason why you guys aren't going anywhere is nothing to do with pay. It's the hangover of the salary cap that Des and Raylene left you. And it's the team yeah. that you've got on the park. It's not that good. It's not that talented. Like, Dean Pay has you guys going, okay. I think he gets a really hard done by, but I think, going back to your point earlier, you've got you could have four coaches sacked mid-season this year. Paul Green's gone. Yep. Mary McGregor's gone. Yep. 
And then Dean Pay, I'd be disappointed if they get rid of Dean Pay, but Dean Pay's on ice. And further to that... Seabold? <laughs> Seabold, they're denying, but Seabold is fucking in the gun. And Craig Bellamy's saying that next year is probably his last year. So, Of course next year's his last year. Well, he's 62. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? So there's a lot of coaching jobs going to pop up in the next 24 months. And maybe that's, again, back to the Warriors. Like, there's not a lot of great coaches out there. Is it a stroke of genius? Very, very interesting. Well, I mean, the Rabbitohs are going to get... Bennett said it. Dimitri is going to replace Wayne. He said it a million times. He's just there to bring Demetrio through. I don't know if there's a ready-made replacement in Melbourne for Bellamy. Um, I could see Bellamy. But Ryle's there, don't they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they do. I could see Bellamy going into some sort of executive coaching role in Brisbane. Yeah, quote. Um, director of football or something. Um, but there's not a lot of other candidates out there. Uh, Speaking but of still, the other one I like that you brought up was Christian Wolf. Right, fuck. But he's gone to say Helens. But fuck, so he he's the been... head coach in Helens, or he's just there. Head coach. Mm. He replaced Holbrook. Christian Wolf has something about him, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets the Tongan boys playing for him. Yeah, and um, you know the Warriors with a huge Tongan. Um, but I mean, let's be honest. I think we both know this. Everyone knows is that the. Coaching internationals and origin or whatever was completely different to the grind of an NRL season. Definitely. You know? Yeah, you've got three games to get them up. Just look at Graham Lowe or a Paul Vorden, Meninga. You know, it's a difference between coaching three games to just on um, 150 NRL tries. Ken Irvine, Billy Slater, Steve Menzies, Andrew Eddinghausen, Terry Lamb, Brett Stewart. Matt Singh, Hazim Al Masri, Brett Morris, Nathan Merritt, Harold Horder, never heard of yeah. him. He's still what? Manu Vatuve, and Michael Jennings. Wow. 13th player to score 150 tries. How many clubs has Jennings played for? Three? Three. Just three, okay. They're right, yeah, three. Penrith Roosters Eel started at Penrith, remember? Yeah, of course I remember. He played probably 150 games for them. Quite. He was just... He was elusive, wasn't he? He was fast. And mm. he looked small for a centre. But he seems to have sort of got bulked up a little bit as he got older. Um, Something I wanted to talk about before we get to this... this let's get the games ahead this week. Because it's really been bugging me. Harry Grant looks like an awesome player. He's been huge for the <clears throat> Tigers. Looks phenomenal. Um, but the buzz around him in the last 24 months and, oh, sorry, the tw- uh, two games, not 24 months. The buzz, especially out of Fox, and it's hard bringing up a Fox argument because they say dumb shit all the time, but they, they, now that this is becoming a big, big, big story because, you know, they're putting, trying to put pressure, the media's trying to put pressure on what's Cameron Smith doing, you know, is he going because, you know, they need to know because of Harry Grant, the storm could around. Not once have I heard one person in, in the media, you Michael Innes's, you James Hoopers, all those idiots, saying that the actual heir apparent in Melbourne 
um, a guy that's been there for four years, a guy that's dominated at test level number nine, a guy that does not get to play number nine. Um, who knows? Harry Grant may, may end up being a better player than him. He has taken unders at that club. He's sat on the bench. He plays prop. He plays hooker. He plays number nine, uh, number 13, just to, just to be at the club. The sacrifice that he's made. Brandon Smith is the heir apparent to Cameron Smith. And no matter how good Harry Grant is, it's just unbelievable how people just sort of bypass that. Like, Brandon Smith, everyone goes, yeah, great player, international player, but have you seen him at the test level nine jersey, what he's done at the highest yeah. level? He's what? unbelievable. He could be playing what? 80 minutes. Racism, is it racism? No. I, I think there is still a bit of racism in uh, Australia that they think a Kiwi League player, they have so many stereotypes about them about, you know, not being able to last a whole... They do have that. I, I look at that there are stereotypes. I don't think we need to go down this rabbit hole so much. I will say there's definitely stereotypes around. Um, I think there's there's people think that now because Brandon Smith he's made so many sacrifices is that he's an interchange player, whereas no, he's yeah. just made that sacrifice to play in Melbourne and to learn on Cameron Smith. He's in number nine. He's an out and out number nine. But because he's so good, he can force his way on the field in other positions. How yeah. many other players, um, you know, I, I cast my mind back to Cooper Cronk, right? When, yeah. when Cooper Cronk first came into Melbourne, he was coming off the bench playing nine and six, no, seven, three. It's just because cause he had to be on the field. And there's no difference to Smith. How many other players can do that? Yeah, not many. Uh, like, they're either yeah. playing reserve grade or they're starting. Like, the fact that he forces his way into the game playing multiple positions is just a credit to him. He is... That's why Harry Grant's at the Tigers and not Brandon Smith. Exactly. I mean, Harry Grant is awesome, but it's just the respect that Smith is not getting out there by mainstream media is really surprising to me because he's such a well-loved kind of player, but I feel like he's kind of... Um, they're treating him... They're not giving the respect he deserves. They're treating him as no. a joke. Yeah. Just yeah. And, and I, I, I hope that the Storm do the right thing and... You know, if Cameron Smith decides to go another season, it'd be interesting to see where Smith's um, contract is, Brandon's contract is up. But if he if he does finish up this year, then they give Brandon the nine and they let um, Grant walk, which goes back to the main... Um, and know, to be honest, to be that, honest, Harry, I was just thinking that, um, that that decision sort of sets up a club, like it sets a culture in the club, you know? Mm. Um, it shows yeah, everything that you do. Loyalty, yeah. hard work, um, you know. The thing also goes back to is that, yeah, the Storm have developed Harry Grant to, to some degree. Um, they should be able to trade him. Now, they did do a loan trade deal, but they should, they, if they've still got the rights to Harry Grant, they should be trading him. They should be aiming up higher now after the season's finished because he's got enough sort of a year on his contract. They should be going, right, well, let's keep Brandon and trade Harry Grant for, uh, uh, I don't know, um, Dylan, Dylan Brown. Or someone, you know, a big-name player. They should yeah. be. That's why trades should be allowed in this sport. We're missing out on so much of that goodness to the game because of, there's a couple of Muppets in the Players Association that don't, don't allow it to happen. Yeah, you're a big fan of that. We know that. Um, all right. Let's look ahead to this this. This afternoon of footy. 
Now, Manly play Canberra out in Campbelltown. Manly are missing Moses Suley and Martin Tapel. So, a couple of big outs for them. Um, and they are taking on the Raiders, who have only lost one game. Um, they are missing. Do, 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 Dynamis Louis. And that's. Who is underrated? Underrated. Probably about it. This, for me, the bookies have got Manly. Uh, sorry, the bookies have got Canberra at favourites. Dollar fifty to two dollars sixty five. This has just got everything about Des ambushing them down in Campbelltown for me. Down to Powell, down Suli, everyone writing them off. Bookies drifting two sixty five. Everyone going, yep, yeah, Raiders should roll them. I'm picking Manly. What about you? I was going to come on and say Manly, but then you said Tapau was out. Pasek is starting. This this could be he's the making so of Daniel Pasek. Slow. I don't rate him. So to me, Cameron get him. Because I love Manly, but I just think Tapau's a big loss. And good to see Jack Gazuski back. I love him. Yeah, big big favorite of the show. Now the six thirty game. Hate that time slot. Bloody hate it. Um, Cronulla starting to take shape. Bryson Goodwin making his debut for the club. Um, no Moylan. I think he might maybe play in Jersey 21. Um, <coughs> when are they just going to start with Brandon Hamion Urali? Why doesn't they just go balls deep with him? I think he's he's got so much more to... I, I tell you what, if I was another club, I'd be throwing the book at Hamion Urali. Um, yep. And I don't like paying for props, but I think he's actually someone who could be like a Fafita. He's a junior Fafita to me. He could be an added, he could be an added for Noel Blake for another club. Absolutely. He needs to lose a bit of puppy um, Cronulla taking shape. The dogs are down Lachlan Lewis, and that could be what? the difference. Um, he's he out. Brandon like Wakeham is partnering Kieran Foran. I like the Sharks here, and I like Sean Johnson um, to come out and have a bit of a um, fuck you game. I tell you what is, is, is interesting is that Johnson gets huge criticism. No one's out there criticizing yeah. Chad Townsend, who has yeah. had a fucking horrible last twelve Chad to fifteen Townsend is the money that SJ's on. Yeah, but like they're talking about dropping SJ. Just drop Chad Townsend, get Johnson to play seven, play more than at six. Fucking problem over. Problem solved. Moylan's an yeah, out and out six. Johnson's an out and out seven. Townsend's got a shit haircut. Get rid of him. Yeah, look, I mean, he he was playing well the last couple of years. I don't know what's happened to him this year. I'll go to my grave as a Moylan apologist. You will, I know. <laughs> so I'm going Sharks, Manly. Who are you going? I'm going Raiders, Sharks. Ooh, and that's going to heap more unnecessary pressure on Dean Pay. Um, poof, gee whiz. Geez, league's great, isn't it? Just the that round, <laughs> yeah. we we I mean we gave it a wrap last week, but it's delivered, hasn't it? Yeah. What so? What's next week's looking like then? Oh fuck! Okay, give me a. Here second. we go. So Thursday, Panthers versus Rabbitohs. Wow. Wow, that's good. That is very good. Oof. Friday, up game, Storm Warriors. Ooh. What? Friday. So that'll be a 
oh, that'll be a bloodbath with the debacle. With the Storm losing this week and Warriors not having a coach, that's going to be a bloodbath. Then the Friday primetime slot is Roosters-Dragons. Fuck me, that's shit. There goes 40 points. Yeah. Super Saturday, doesn't look so super anymore. Cowboys-Knights at 3pm. Green's last game. Broncos-Titans at 5.30. I guess that has a bit of interest. And then, actually... Wow! Kills-Raiders. Boom! And then Sunday ticket, Seagull-Sharks. Well, if Sharks play well today, that could be a good game. And then Dogs-Tigers. And I think Dogs win that uh, as the Sunday night slot. So not as good around next week, admittedly, but there's a couple of good there's games. Some, there's there some that... good ones in there. Um, I'll be watching the the Bunnies-Panthers game Thursday night at the Robin Hood. If there's anyone in the area, um, pop down. I'll be watching it with a big fan of the show, Ryan Cribb. And uh, really looking forward to that. Um, so come down and have a yarn and chat league if you're in the area. Um, should be an absolute ripper. Um, mate, good to be back in the pubs, was it, last night? Yeah, it was, but I don't really miss them either, to be honest. Not the Victorian ones, because you can't watch league there. They're, they're cool. Oh, well. Um, mate, I'm really looking forward to this Manly game. I'm going to get settled in upstairs. I'm going to just get... Hopefully, just the kids occupied. The sun's going to poke through the windows, almost like a SFS situation in my lounge, where half of it's in shadows, half of it's got the sun coming through. You know, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Manly come coming over the top of this Raiders team. Yeah, we we love Manly. If we had had time again, we'd be Manly fans, wouldn't we? Yeah, which is which is funny because a lot of New Zealand were Manly fans, and I just. I wasn't on that bandwagon at the time. I didn't really like them. Yeah, my mum was a manly fan. Oh, gee whiz. I did love those old jerseys, though. Um, yeah. All right, mate. Well, till next week, you got to love your league. Love your league. If it leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. It takes away the biggest part of me